Hi, and welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. I'm Chris, and tonight I'm joined by Liza, Adam, Bridget, and our special guest, Jackie. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. So, Jackie, kind of an exciting guest for us tonight. She's a friend of Belle. Yes. Or she was a friend of Belle. Yes. Not anymore. We still speak. (laughs) (laughs) All right. If we had a falling out or anything, that happens sometimes. It got ugly. (laughs) She just doesn't let me borrow her clothes anymore. Oh, that's, yeah, that's probably smart. Um, Okay, so I want to start from the very beginning. Now, you became a friend of Belle when you were on the college program, right? Yes. um, So I was in college at James Madison University. Um, Gosh, (laughs) I have to do some math because it's been a little while. Okay, so it was 2008 was my senior year at James Madison. And um, I had consistently seen recruiting events for the Disney College program. And obviously, well, if anybody with an earshot of this would probably understand, I was always a little Disney nerd. And so the opportunity to go work for Disney um, just was irresistible to me. So I applied and I had the best of both worlds because when I applied, I was on the second semester of my senior year. So I graduated and then I went to go work for Disney. So I didn't have to take any courses. I didn't have to go back to college afterward. I could just finish it out. And it was a great little gateway for me to go join the real world. So I loved that. So let me ask, so when you started with, when you interviewed, did you interview for a character position or were you just going in for any job? Because I know a lot of students come in and, you know, they're like a hospitality management major and they end up working in sanitation. So Wait, did so, you have a specific yeah, thing? Yeah, it, well, you, you do. And this is kind of a great aside for anybody who wants to go into the college program is to be flexible and be available Essentially, when I applied, you were going to select any job you would be okay with getting. So I selected everything from merchandise to quick service food and beverage to attractions, um, guest relations. You can pretty much any cast member role, you can apply for a college program internship with them. So when I applied and I selected character performer, I did interview with the recruiter and talked with them a couple about a couple of things talked about you know did I have theater background did I have a business background um and they wanted to get a feel for what would be a good fit for me um but when they mentioned that I when when I mentioned to them rather that I was interested in a character performer role um they did say okay well you're going to have to go to an audition um here's a list of audition places and dates um if you pass that audition we will give you a role in entertainment and if not then we'll consider the other possibilities you looked at so it was all contingent on that audition and um, once I went through that then everything gelled and I had that opportunity it was awesome Jackie if Mm -hmm. if if I could just ask a quick question yeah uh what did you major in in college (laughs) not Disney um so (laughs) um I, I majored in media arts and design. Um, I had a focus in screenwriting and film studies. Um, I loved the idea of going to LA one day and being a screenwriter um, and 
you know, this was my little last hurrah of having a good time and having fun before I went to go try to pursue something in my career field. Um, but when it ended up happening was, um, spoiler alert, I met my husband while I was on the college program. And I can tell you guys more about that later. But um, it uh, it ended up shifting a couple of priorities for me where I started thinking, okay, well, I have a longer game. I don't think I want to move to LA. But um, it, it actually, it has helped me in different areas of my life, whether it's been running things for different organizations I'm a part of. Um, but it is, it's been a useful degree. It I at least had a little bit of theater background. I was a drama geek in high school. I don't know if I'm alone in that, in this crowd. You're not alone. No, <laughs> oh, I was in the drama club. I was totally, yes. It, I so I, I was all in theater in high school. I did a little bit of theater in college. I currently do theater here locally in Georgia. And um, that is something I've always loved doing. So the opportunity to do entertainment was just irresistible. And I'm like, you know what? If I don't audition, I'm going to wish I had. And so I went and it ended up going really well for me. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about the audition process? Oh, sure. Okay. Um, so I went to Pittsburgh. I went all the way from the mountains of Virginia up to Pittsburgh one weekend. Um, it, I will remember the day forever, March 30th, 2008. I have a... <laughs> You guys, I'm such a geek. I have a little scrapbook and I have my little sticker with my audition number on it. And I kept it all and, you know, wanted to keep these memorabilia pieces, but it was great. Um, I had two really, really good friends of mine um, that came in and wanted to come with me for moral support um, and went um, just kind of explored Pittsburgh while I went on this audition. And I was so nervous the night before. And I went in, it was a dance academy that was hosting the audition. Um, we all went in and we all kind of lined up. It was, you know, just a big open call. Basically anybody who wanted to come audition could, it wasn't just for college program. So, and was this not, to, not to interrupt, but was sure. this, um, just for like princesses or was this for any kind of character audition? It was open to any characters. Okay. So what, at least when I went, I know that if you go, there is an entertainment um, office, for lack of a better word. There's an entertainment space near Animal Kingdom that is the concrete space for entertainment training, entertainment casting, and local casting. And they will sometimes put out specific things that they need. You know, they're going to put out specific characters that they're looking for. And um, those will be a specific thing, and they're, they're going to look for those. But in my case, I was fortunate enough where it was an open audition. They're looking for all roles, all characters. And specifically, what they want to see was animation. Because if you are trained in a face role, so a role where you show your face, you do also have to be trained in what they call the fur roles. And... Yeah. You, you know, that means that you would potentially be helping out Pluto or Mickey or Goofy. So you do have to also be capable of doing those. In fact, you train in those roles before you would train in a face role. Oh. So they want to see that you're flexible, that you could tell a story with pantomime. And then they kind of narrowed it down. So when I got there, first of all, they assign you a number. You do a little bit of paperwork and 
when I was there, we all lined up and we got our height measured. So that's a very important thing with Walt Disney World and really Disney Parks Entertainment is that you need to have a certain height range for each character. If you notice, Mickey Mouse is never six feet tall. <laughs> yeah, so I noticed that. We, we have a niche. So, you know, there there's the lower end of five feet. Those folks tend to go, we call that mouse height. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, the, I, I guess we called it monk height, chipmunk height, like Chippendale was the next tier up. Um, Pluto it was kind of in my height range. Usually there's kind of a dead space and then there's goofy, like six feet and up. So first of all, you have to be able to fit in one of those height ranges. And if you don't, then you're cut usually in, unless there's a special case, at least that was the case when I auditioned. Um, so they measured me and there were also some people there kind of looking over the audition auditionees, I guess that's the right word. Um, and <laughs> there was a woman there, and she I, I found out later she was there um, to look for specifically face roles. And I've come from a theater background, but you guys have to understand, I have always come from, I was always cast as the wicked stepmother or the old lady. So when she came, she she got up off her seat and she kind of looked me over and like got really in my face and checked me from different angles. And she just went, okay. And then she sat back down. Wow. (laughs) That would have been the most unnerving thing. Well, and I. Because you didn't know what she was looking. You didn't know if this was a good thing or a bad thing. Reminds me of a Devil Wears Prada type thing with Miranda. It was, but, you know, I was was 22 and I'm like, I don't know what a big kid audition is like. Maybe this is normal. So I auditioned. We, We did a couple of different things. Um. We, first of all, would do a, um, they wanted to see some pantomime. So they call it animation. So they want to see you act out a story or to do something that involves no words, no facial expressions. Um, I've done it before where they had you, okay, you need to go give your dog a bath. And how big is the dog? Is the dog going to put up a fight? Are you going to get wet? And you can tell this story and they would pull you out in groups of maybe you know, eight or 10 people and the, the casting folks there would watch everyone. And so we did that. They would make a few cuts. We also did a very, very basic um, parade movement. Um, so instead of really dance, they called it movement um, to see how proficient you were at not falling down if you were given some choreography. Um, and I'm not super gifted in dance, but I can at least attempt some grace. So um, I I went across the room after they they worked on this and the um, they kind of narrowed us down. They narrowed us down. They kept making cuts. And when I was in the final group, I kind of looked around at these, you know, you know, 10 other people. And I looked and I was like, oh, my gosh, these people are gorgeous. Like, <laughs> these are really, really good looking people. And I'm looking around, I'm like, am I like the offset? Like, was this a mistake? I don't understand. <laughs> I've, I've seen your picture. That's not the case. Just well, so you know. You're, you're sweet, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I, I looked around and I'm like, these people are really pretty. And they they had you stand. And, the, and honestly, guys, anybody who is interested in entertainment, this is a great piece of advice that I give anybody. 
smile the whole time. Even when you think nobody's looking, make it a genuine smile, but smile because they tend to notice if you look sullen, if you look bored, if you, you know, have a resting, angry face. Um, so like you're and, in a beauty pageant. Right. But you don't want to look fake. I've seen, I saw some people come through that were plastered in makeup. Yeah. And they didn't make it. They were very beautiful people, but they didn't make it very far. Um and so I was kind of just in a regular, you know, workout attire. I was comfortable. I had a little bit of makeup, but not much. So when we were in this, this smaller group, um, we stood there for maybe about 30 seconds. And one of the folks at the casting table said, okay, well, um, go follow this person and they'll take you to go get fitted. And I'm like, fitted? And so it was incredible. This was like all in the course of a day. This was, yeah, a couple of hours. Wow. And it's not always this way, but for some reason, they they had, when we went into another dance studio, they had um, a rack of costumes. They had wigs. They had makeup. They had costuming cast members that were there to let you try on something in a face roll. So, um, it, it was, it was wonderful. And I stood there and I was the last person to get placed and I'm looking around at these costumes and I mentioned my history. I've always been the villain, the old lady. So I'm looking at like Lady Tremaine and I'm like, well, maybe <laughs> <laughs> I love her. I do love her. And I kind of regret that I never had a chance with her, um, but I'm looking at her and I'm like, okay, like, you know, I'm, I'm wondering like where they're going to put me. And they said, okay, we're going to fit you for Belle. And I said, and I was just astonished because ever since I saw that movie, when I was a little girl, Belle has always been my favorite princess. I love that. First of all, she had dark hair like me. She loved to read like me. And the movie is just as I grew up, it became just so astonishingly beautiful. And I fell in love with everything about it. And so for them to tell me, okay, we don't even know your preferences, but here, um, let's wow. get you into this dress. <laughs> and um, so I, I, I went in there, I put on the dress and I went out and I was there with the same lady who kind of gave me the once over right at the beginning. And I, I was, it was this big dance studio, so it was just tons of mirrors. And you guys, I, I almost want to cry when I think about it, but to look in a mirror and see Belle look back at you for the very first time was the most magical thing I've ever experienced. Aww. And and so I think they saw that I was just giddy about it. Well, who <laughs> because, wouldn't be? Well, sure, because like, it, it's a dream. And I told them, they, they didn't have me read anything but they just talked to me for a little bit. So I, they said, you know, okay, well, can you, can you walk across the room? Can you give me a little twirl? Can you wave a little bit? And they said, you know, well, how would you feel about doing something like this? And I told them, I said, you know, even if it stops right here, and even if this is the only time I've ever done it, I am going to remember this for the rest of my life. This was a dream come true. And one of the casting ladies just gave me this sweet smile and she goes, I think this is a dream that's going to keep going for a little bit. Wow. And Aww. so I, it was so magical guys. You have no idea. I um, totally believe this. I, I can't wonderful. even imagine like how that must've felt. It was wonderful. And I'll never forget it. 
Um, and even every time it was just, I know that, you know, with any job, you tend to get a little bit burnt out. It tends to be routine, but every time it just felt like magic. And to know that there's something that I'm helping to bring to life was just incredible. Um, and I'll, I'll never forget it. That's amazing. I could see how you would feel that way. I think I would have felt that. I mean, I would have probably been Lady Tremaine, um, although I'm probably way too short for it. But um, I can imagine that's amazing. That's an amazing feeling. So, yeah. So once you did that, how long did it take for you to start the college program? You must have been, first of all, you must have been crazy, like driving home that day. You must have been like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. <laughs> so even when I went to go see um, my my friends, Lisa and Julie, and I came back to at, let them know how it went and I told them how it went and I'm like, guys, I think I might be fitted for Belle. And I felt like I was lying because <laughs> it just seemed so outrageous. Right. <laughs> you know, when I would call people, that was... I. I was so giddy um, and it was, I, I had major senioritis for the last two months. Sure. Just being like, can I just go? Like, I've already got a spot. Like, can I just go? So um, it was the end of March that I did my audition and I graduated at the beginning of May. And at the end of May, I began what they call the fall advantage program. Um, you have different choices with the Disney college program. You can do um, a fall program, which really runs from about August to the end of the holiday season, where you can do fall advantage, where you're there through the summer and into the holiday season. And I'm like, you know what? I don't have anything going on. Let's just do fall advantage. So I arrived at Disney um, at the end of May. Um, one of the most wonderful things about the college program especially for somebody going into moving into central Orlando or central Florida um, was the fact that you had housing that was safe housing that was with other Disney college program students. And it was, it was just great to already have friends that were already going to be cast members and you could build relationships like that. Um, it, it really was nice because I, I was given the option during um, during my audition and after I had passed my audition to go full time. And if I wanted to go full time, I would have to find my own housing. I would have to figure all that out. And I had never lived in that area before. And I didn't want to throw myself in and potentially room with somebody I didn't know and not, you know, and where you would have the Disney College program housing. It was very close to property. Everybody was vetted because they were all going into being cast members. They were all my age. And it was, you know, there, there was always security present. So it was a better choice for me. Um, I ended up making some lifelong friendships just living in that complex. You end up getting to know people. Um, a group of friends that I made living in the same apartment complex actually introduced me to my husband. Um, so it all turned out pretty okay. Um, and by the time we had gone in and checked in, um, I went to traditions, which is the, the new cast member course that everybody has to take, um, no matter what you do. Um, and it's just an overall, um, 
you know, idea of, you know, what you need to know to be working as a cast member and, you know, what you do as far as your, your role, because it is a role, it is a story, no matter what role you're in, you're contributing to this story. And that's what Disney is known so well for is creating a theming, creating a genuine story and creating consistency with that. Um, I still have all of my old tradition stuff and I love looking at it from time to time. It's just so cool. Um, And then you would go into your role specific training after that. So I was trained um, in entertainment, um, trained with the non-face aspect of what I was going to do. So I got to hang out with Pluto and I got to hang out with Mr. Smee and Rafiki and Eeyore. And that was a lot of fun because you get used to it. Um, And then you get started after a couple of weeks, you get started in to be trained for your face role. And um, some people get cast as multiple face roles, which is incredible. But um, once you get started with your face training, when I was there, you have two days. The first day you watch your movie. And that was kind of fun. So you watch your movie And you answer questions, you do kind of a worksheet of sorts, and you would learn how would Belle answer things. If, you know, if you're asked this question, well, how do you think Belle would respond? And you kind of give some feedback with your trainers. It's a one-on-one thing, at least it was for me. And then after that, you have what's called your day two. And day two is the fun day because day two you go out for your very first time. Mm. And that was marvelous. I was actually not anywhere that Belle was supposed to be. I was out at Liberty Square as kind of like an easy, you know, start. And so wandering around in the village dress, Belle got to meet her very first guests. And it was obviously the greatest day of my life. Yeah, it's like you're a celebrity in the park. It, it's weird, and it, it it feels good, though. I love it. So you're in the village dress. That's really cool. And I guess maybe that's why you see characters sometimes in obscure places. Maybe they are training. Maybe they're just starting out. That is a very good key thing to re- remember. I'm not sure how it's done now, um, but... There was a little area because when I was working there at Magic Kingdom, there used to be something called the Teardrop. And it was this paved area right by Mickey's Toontown Fair because before it was Storybook Circus, it was Mickey's Toontown Fair. And there was this little bit of pavement that was really tucked back in the corner. And sometimes you would find characters you wouldn't find anywhere else. And you're right. That's what they were doing. They were getting used to visiting their fans And it's always a fun little thing because sometimes you'll get these rare people like Prince John and Robin Hood. And it's cool to see them all together. That's really cool. So did you have somebody doing your makeup or did you do it on your own? You were taught. um, You would go into cosmetology, which was this um, one of the main areas backstage where they would have the makeup and they would have people to help with the hair. Um, and they would have people there to make sure that everybody that was in a face roll looked his or her best. And uh, so the makeup would be there. You'd have kind of a cheat sheet. 
And you would usually have to go up to a cosmetology cast member and just have them give you the once over and let you know, okay, you look good, time to go. And um, you would also pull your costume right across the hall and you would take your costume to your set location. And usually you would get dressed there. Um, and that's usually how it went. Um, you, you, you were just taught how to do it. Um, if you, for example, if you had, um, if you had green eyes and, you know, you're supposed to have darker eyes, you would put in colored contacts and that kind of thing. Um, but for the most part, it would just be consistent or it should be consistent across the board. Wait, you would have to wear colored contacts if they didn't match the character's eyes. That is some serious attention to detail. Well, sure. Cause I mean, you know, Belle doesn't have bright blue eyes and, no. you, and what, what's amazing is that you don't think about it, but you know, no. <laughs> there were, there were a lot of cast members, you know, you would have these women that were, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes and they're Belle and you don't think about it because <laughs> you're wow. like, you look nothing like her, but you get her into the full getup and she's a dead ringer. Wow. Yeah. So, I, I have a couple questions. Okay. This is just on a practical standpoint. Like, is the costume in the same size for everyone? Or do, do they make adjustments like maybe this girl's a little taller, this girl's a little tinier? How does that work? That's a really good question. And what what happened with me and whether it was usually my two places that I would be working most of the time would be Magic Kingdom and Epcot. Um, that would be the place where Belle was the most. And in the costuming area backstage, all of the face costumes um, were in multiple sizes. So they would have a range of sizes and they would be from, you know, say a size four to a size eight. Um, and you would just pull the one that fit you. And they would tell you during your training, okay, here's the size for you and make sure you pull this size when you go check out. And um, you would have a cast member there that would scan in your costume. You would return it at the end of the day. And um, now with, with like, say, the ball gown, the ball gown is one length and multiple sizes, but the same length. So it didn't really matter, you know, how tall you were. Because most of the time, as I kind of mentioned before, with the, the heights, most of these face performers are going to be about the same height. Now, with, like, the village dress, for example, where Belle's ankles are kind of visible, we did have a short and a long version of that. So, you know, if you had the short version, it would come up a little higher. The long version would, you know, drag the ground a little bit. So it would depend on, you know, how leggy you were. Um, but for the most part, there were, there were pieces. Like, for example, Belle's dress has actually had a facelift since I have known her, but when I knew her, the uh, the bodice had these little snaps, and it would snap into the the gold ball gown. So you would actually have like several different pieces. You would have the bodice, and you would actually hook it all into your ball gown. So you kind of made it work with your height, um, but that's usually how it worked. And you would have character shoes that you would pick up in costuming as well. Um, and a fun fact, this is so great. I loved it because little kids get very curious and sometimes, hopefully, you know, not too often, but sometimes these little uh, guests want to know what's under the princess's dress and oh, you, yeah. know, you can't wear biker shorts under the dress, oh, but no. we had, and this was kind of 
something that we did within the entire entertainment thing. We would have something called basics. And if you were in a fur role, you would have usually just a gray t-shirt, black shorts that you would wear under the costume. With princesses and with face rolls, um, at least for the ladies, you would have a V-neck t-shirt that you would keep on in between sets and appearances. But you would have these uh, capri-length bloomers that had these little ruffles on. So they were really dignified and really modest. <laughs> but in case, you know, there's a little princess that goes, hey, what's under your dress bell? And, you know, lifts it up and then you have um, these very dainty little bloomers that are still okay. <laughs> well, and you wore stockings with them too, right? Yes, you you do wear hose. And that's, again, something that you pick up in costuming. So if like from start to finish, anything that's worn on stage, i.e. in the parks, is going to be covered by parks costuming. And- I have a question. So it's so hot in Florida in the summer. And I know some of these costumes seem like a lot of material, especially the furry ones. Oh, yeah. What do they do to prevent the heat stroke, the the sweat stain? Like, I mean, what are they doing? Well, first of all, when I would have my fur rolls, um, for a while I was actually... I would help out Eeyore at the boat dock in Animal Kingdom when Winnie the Pooh characters used to meet and greet there. And if you had, every time you would have a place to meet and greet, you would have what they call a set schedule. So your set would be the time that you're out there greeting guests. And if I had seven sets during my shift, I would go to costuming and I would pick out seven sets of basics because I will tell you even in a 70 degree beautiful day you will sweat through that shirt and that pants real fast and you're not going to want to keep those on all day so in between sets I would go and I would change into a fresh set of basics and then I would go back out um you usually have what's called a back-to-back um when it comes to the fur rolls so if um, if you're out in town square and you're meeting Pluto and Pluto has to go visit Mickey and get himself a dog biscuit and Pluto comes back out, that's your back to back because Pluto does not take only a five minute break. <laughs> you would have, you know, maybe Pluto's A, B and C and you would rotate every few minutes on a hot day. You I was only out there for maybe 10 or 15 minutes at a time. Wow. And you would go back, your back-to-back would come back out. And, you know, it gives, again, the appearance of a continuous meet and greet. But at the same time, you would actually, you know, just have some time off. Um, now, when you have folks that are working the parade, I never had the opportunity to perform in any of the parades. But I, you know, there's lots of people ask, you know, no, there's no air conditioning in these costumes but there is a little bit of ventilation so you'll get some air but it's hot air i have heard of cast members using ice packs um on their limbs and maybe on their midsection to try to cool things off i'm not sure what the real tricks of the trade are there because a full parade route is at least an hour and that is just crazy to have that high energy and (laughs) to like be fine with it i figured they were wearing some kind of cooling vest like ice pack vest or something i think it can be done um i i like i said that's 
that's actually one of the few areas where I'm not a hundred percent sure. Cause I never had done parade before. Um, but it is, I think it is something that a lot of those performers do. Okay. Now you mentioned breaks. How long is the break? If you're out there for 15 minutes, how long are you backstage changing, taking a break, cooling off? You're out there, you know, it depends on how many people are your back to back. So, you know, if you have, you know, for example, if you're on a fur roll and there are, you know, maybe two or three other back to backs, then you might be off backstage for 45 minutes and you might end up only really quote working a quarter of the time during your shift, but you're still getting paid the whole time, which was fabulous. Um, and when it came to doing, um, things like when I, when I would, um, help Belle out in Toontown, it was Toontown, um, at Mickey's Toontown fair. And there was a princess meet and greet area. And what we would do is we would have because, you know, we're not in the heat, we're not in stifling costumes. So we would be on set for maybe about an hour or so. And then we would take a break, we would leave, and then we would also have a back-to-back because this is all one room. So we would just cross over, you know, Bell A and Bell B would, you know, replace one another. And then I would sit backstage for an hour while she's on. So... You know, the goal is you make sure that the guests do not know that there is, you know, two sets of princesses, (laughs) but you always have somebody on these, especially these continuous meet and greet areas that will always be there um, to bump you out. So if you're on for an hour, you're usually off for an hour um, and then, you know, you're sitting backstage, you're reapplying makeup, you're changing into a new set of basics, you might get a lunch break, um, and then go get lunch in the Masketeria. Um, uh, Masketeria? Is that what it's, it's not called? the Buffeteria, Adam. <laughs> I think I like the Masketeria better. I, I think I, think I, I like too. it better, too. I, trust me, I, I've heard that Adam's not a fan of the Buffeteria. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, can I ask, speaking yeah. of buffeterias, did you ever work in a restaurant um, where they you would meet and uh, breakfast with the characters, et cetera? Yes. Yeah, I did. Um, so I did it um, with Eeyore a couple of times at Crystal Palace. And actually, my first day out of training, I had to go to Crystal Palace, which Aww. is massive. What year was this? Um, 08. Were you there in like Christmas time of 2008? Um, I was, but I wasn't at Crystal Palace. Oh. That would have been like summertime. Because I was, yeah, I was eating there Christmas time 08. Wouldn't that have been wild? <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. So, wait a minute. That was 11 years ago. So Adam was 17? Yeah, 08, uh, eight, 18. 18. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But you were at Crystal Palace. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. We had Crystal Palace, uh, you know, breakfast, Christmas time, Christmas of 2008. Yeah. Oh, well, I was there. Um, I'm pretty sure you didn't voluntarily go to the France we Pavilion at We uh, also did uh, Cinderella's Royal Table. I, I've done that a time or two as well. So, Jackie, just so you know, he voluntarily would have gone. <laughs> just so you well, know, it should be clear. Cross. Wouldn't that have been funny? I don't uh-huh. think we did. 
That would have like been funny. So. That would have been very funny. You're going to have to see if you can scrounge gonna, up old pictures. I'm going to look through the... Uh, I'm going to start sending you uh, pictures of me with friends of people. Are you and really? Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> if you don't, and I'll, I'll look okay. at them I'll look at them later, oh. and I will let you know if I, I... There's a good chance I at least knew that person. Even Jackie, if you might want to not take this any further. No, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We, we, we have to pick on Adam. He's the youngster. You may continue. Okay. Um, Adam, you had some other questions, too. You came up with some good ones. Oh, Do you want to ask another? Oh, go ahead, Bridget. Um, just because this is something that I kind of encountered years ago when I was a cast member, but I've kind of forgotten because it's been so long. And my kids now, let's say we have a park hopper and we're in Epcot and they see a character, you know, they interact with them. But then later that day, we're in Magic Kingdom or another park and they see the same character right when i was a kid that never happened but like now because the park is so big and there's such a demand for character meet and greets how did you handle that if somebody said something like oh i just saw you well and and usually you can kind of read the interaction with a guest so you can usually tell you know and the parents usually will prompt them like Mm. oh we met Belle this morning at Cinderella's Royal Table and you know I'm working in the France Pavilion and I go oh that's right and you know for the most part it it you know it doesn't tend to be an issue and we just kind of let it go but I have an amazing magical moment story for you guys that is very related to that so um one of my favorite, and actually, I think my favorite shift that I would have the opportunity to work when I was there was um, it was called Breakfast France, where we kind of called it that on the schedule. Where um, if you were working a bell shift, you would show up super early in the morning, you would get ready um, and don the gold ball gown, you would work at Norway's Princess Breakfast at Akershus. And you would do the photo pass there for breakfast only, and then you would have a lunch break. And during your lunch break, you swap out costume, put on and grab village stuff. So the blue, the apron, the bow in the hair. And then you would go over to the France Pavilion and you would meet and greet guests in the France Pavilion for the remainder of the day until about six o'clock or so. And usually Beast would be out there and it was a lot of fun. So I met a little girl and her name was Gabby and I'll never forget it because this actually, and I, I don't know if you guys remember where the, um, when Disney started doing the, the memories promotion and they mm-hmm. had this website where they would start, you know, having families send you these memories. So I found out about this, that the family remembered our interaction because they posted it to the Disney page and I freaked out and I took a screenshot and it was wonderful. And so I met Gabby at breakfast that morning and she was in a homemade bell uh, village dress which is very unheard of because most of the girls that come through, whether they've gone to Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique or have gotten something from the Disney store or from Target, they'll wear you know, the more flouncy princess dress, so like the yellow dress or Cinderella's dress. And I was so happy to see a little girl wearing, you know, Belle's regular old village dress, her hanging out clothes. And I told her, I said, Princess Gabby, if you come back later today, 
go visit me in France. I think I want to change and I want us to be twins. Would that be okay? And the parents kind of were like, sure, yeah, quote, we'll go see Belle. And I kind of gave them this look. I'm like, no, really, (laughs) please bring her. And they came and they got this adorable picture. I'll have to send it to you guys. This adorable picture of us hugging because we were twinsies. And I remembered her because I had just seen her that morning. So it was one of those rare instances where you end up seeing a character and you think you're might be forgotten by the time you see them again and they happen to remember you so it was so special that's cute did you say your name was gabby gabby that's my sister's name oh my god here we go well here we go (laughs) (laughs) she would have been the right age though yeah yeah um Okay, Adam, you had some other questions. I did, yes. Yeah. So, did you ever go overseas to the other parks, the cruise line, California, or even like offsite too? I know they sometimes do like hospital visits or give kids the world stuff. Did you ever have to do any of that stuff? I never had the opportunity to do DCL or any of the overseas ones. I think you have to do separate auditions for those entertainment roles. But I did have the opportunity to do one shift with Give Kids the World, and it was amazing. Um, It was really, I, I ended up actually getting it from a friend of mine who had, when the schedule comes out, you know, you can do a schedule bid and if you're full-time, you actually have the same schedule every week. But, you know, when you're a college program student, you kind of fill in the gaps. And that's a very coveted schedule thing to work, give kids the world. And so I, I got it from her once. And so really, it was just wonderful. You just wandered around the village. You could play with all the kids. Um, you could, um, at the time, um, you could ride the merry-go-round with the kids and there was nothing specific you had to do. It was just be there and, you know, just make magic. And it was extraordinary. It was, it was a wonderful opportunity. I have a question and it's about the wigs. I, (sighs) I imagine they're hot, but are they super heavy? It depends on the character. Um, you know, Belle didn't have a whole lot of hair, and I, I have to give a shout out to our cosmetology cast members because they were incredible. Every time I was in there, they were washing wigs, they were styling wigs, and they would, you know, master these beautiful cartoony curls and waves, and they're they're extraordinary. And so anybody, you know, really, uh, a face character only looks as good as the people that are working on the costuming and the wigs. And those people in Cosmo were just incredible. And I love them. Um, so Belle didn't have a super heavy wig. You know, it was a little, it was a little hot sometimes, you know, when you kind of take the wig cap off at the end of the day, it would, you know, you'd feel a little sweaty, but um, not so much. You would have people now, she's not really in the parks a whole lot, but Megara from Hercules She's uh, got a lot of hair. I've heard that. And they usually, I think the they might have used, um, gosh, they might use like two wigs worth of hair just wow. to get that look. And I imagine without actually having been fitted in that or anything, I imagine that is quite an instant headache. <laughs> yeah, that looks really heavy. I mean, even Bell's does look heavy. 
you know, I've always been kind of fascinated by it because I kind of wondered, like, if you had that kind of hair, would they make you wear a wig? But I guess oh, even sure. if you do, yeah, you have to wear the wig. That makes well, sense. And it's, it's the texture. It's a lot easier for them, too, I think, on an efficiency scale. Even if you had thick, luscious, perfect length blonde hair for Cinderella, for example, it would take them too long to style it yeah. for you as soon as you got in. Whereas if you just show up and you're like, here's my wig size and they just <laughs> hand you one. <laughs> oh, you have a wig size. That's interesting. Yeah. It's kind of like a hat size, I guess. Um, right. That makes sense. So at the end of your program, now you did the college program and then you did not stay with Disney. Right. So um, I ended the college program, you know, because um, like I said, I ended up meeting my husband toward the end of the college program. Um, I was introduced by some of my friends that also lived in the same apartment complex that I lived in um, where we were all Disney college program cast members. And so I met him and we started dating. He was not a cast member, but he just came in to visit. And as a matter of fact, the very first time we met, he met me when I was working in France and Belle met him first. <laughs> well, this is disappointing. Uh, no. I thought he was Adam from Beauty and the Beast. That's his it's name, such, isn't it? it? And it oh, you, you know, it is so funny. And I don't know if anybody else is like this, but my, my husband will tolerate Disney things because he knows I love them so much. <laughs> okay. But I, think, I think if he were given the choice, he would not like, I mean, for example, over fall break, we took the boys down to Florida and I did a day just with my oldest. We went to Magic Kingdom and he was fine watching our youngest and like going resort hopping and hanging out and not really doing a whole lot. So um, it's funny because, yeah, he he wasn't a cast member. He was not an entertainment cast member. He, he was not the fuzzy prince in disguise, <laughs> but... He, um, he and I met and we hit it off regardless. And, um, yeah, we've been married for almost nine years in March and, uh, yeah, he's my prince. So I think that's wonderful. <laughs> but when I met him, that would kind of shifted my priorities and I'm going, okay, well, this is going somewhere well. And I went back home to Virginia to, you know, just start saving up a little bit of money. I started working more of an office job, but, I ended up getting a lot of interviews because, you know, when you slap the Walt Disney Company on your resume, people just call you because they want to hear about it. Right. Um, and it ended up opening a lot of doors for me in that regard where I I did a lot of um, training for different companies. Um, I would do onboarding. And I think even to that degree, that little bit of Disney magic, that little bit of stage presence can still benefit you in arenas like that. So for people that want to pursue maybe an entertainment career, whether it's within the Disney college program or to go full time and maybe go into something else, you know, you can tell anybody that's going to naysay you, you can still benefit in the business world from those sorts of things. Um, those are skills that you will still um, be able to use. So it's useful. Do you, um, do you miss it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. So um, I know that uh, Chris has seen, you know, my profile picture where I was at Dragon Con this year in Atlanta, which is, you know, our big geek convention. And I have a big yellow ball gown that I wear with all the other cosplayers. 
And I still love it, guys. Oh, it's wow. you know, it's <laughs> so fun. There will be little kids that will come up, and you know, I'll take pictures, and you know, I still love that. And I actually ended up getting the ball gown as sort of a gift slash payment from a friend of mine who wanted me to show up at her daughter's birthday party. <laughs> so I was like, "Well, I need a dress," and she's <gasps> like, "I'll get you the dress." Wow. So, That's so awesome I ended up doing that, and um, so I will still have that. And you know, until you know, I look like I shouldn't be doing it anymore. I will still show up in my yellow dress at Dragon Con, and you know, not from a sense of not letting go, but just because I love it so much. And Belle is still such a favorite character of mine. She. She's strong, she's smart, she's kind, she sees the best in people. And, you know, that's a wonderful role model for anybody. And um, when uh, when I took my boys uh, a few weeks ago and my oldest, who's five, I took him for a special mom and me Magic Kingdom day just for the day. We, you, I said, you know what, we're going to do what you want to do. We made him an autograph book. So, you know, he wanted to collect some autographs and we met some characters and I did do a fast pass for Enchanted Tales with Belle, which was not something I love going to it, but it was not something that was there when I was a cast member. So it's always extra magical because I, you know, I just the first time I saw Enchanted Tales and when you go into Maurice's workshop and the the mirror opens up and I just like wept. <laughs> it was a hot mess. So um, I went in with my son and if you haven't done Enchanted Tales with Belle yet, all of the children are given the opportunity to help Belle tell the story of how her and the Beast met. And one child will be selected to be the Beast. And, you know, I was kind of coaching my five-year-old. I'm like, listen, when they ask, can you just, like, roar as loud as you want? And he did. And they let him, um, they put the cape on him. They let him be the Beast. And... When Belle is telling the story, she's dancing with the little boy that's the beast. So my son is dancing with Belle and I am just a mess because it's just this beautiful way for life to come full circle. My son has no idea, but it's funny that both of my boys both gravitate like they're not super into princesses, but they like Belle because, you know, maybe because she has dark hair like mommy and, you know, that's the thing. But, um, to watch Belle dance with my son and you know it was just so sweet it was adorable and and I loved it have you speaking of you know cosplay dresses have you ever heard of a instagrammer named designer daddy oh my gosh is he the guy that did like the transforming dresses for his daughter was that the guy he he does everything and his costumes are they're actually more beautiful than you would see in the parks. I mean, they, they're I, extraordinary. There, I've seen the videos because um, he was he went viral a couple years ago, I think. And I would watch these because you know when you're the token cast member person in your friend circle, right. people they send, send you, you everything. <laughs> so I remember seeing them, and and he just makes this stuff for his daughter. And I'm he like, does well. He does it for like adults too. I actually met him at the Disneyland 60th anniversary and he and his wife at the time, they only had, I think they just had the two little ones and then they had the infant 
and they were dressed up for the 60th and you know the costumes from like 1955 and uh they worked they couldn't walk everywhere they went people were taking their pictures and um since then he's just exploded and you're right his costumes are phenomenal go to his site it's um designer daddy and then a um a underscore at the end and um i mean you could just look at it all day it's incredible so beautiful you would love it and i i love seeing all the costumes anyway which brings me to another question did you get to wear bell's christmas costume because you were there during the holidays oh my gosh i wish i did that was like the one evasive thing that um i never got to do the christmas party i never worked the christmas party which was usually when she would wear that yeah Um, and even i even worked christmas day at Magic Kingdom, but it was just like at Toontown doing meet and greets, but they wanted, right. you know, the ball gown. So I did not get to enjoy that beautiful. I love that cranberry color dress. Yeah, with it's really pretty. Very um, 18th century. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, I just feel like, well, and I think a lot of times people too, they, they do want the classic costume. You know, so yeah, it is fun to get the other ones. But if you're just going to get one picture, you want the classic yellow dress or maybe the blue and white one. And, you know, so. th- that's just it is that especially when I was there, you know, Disney princess marketing was like skyrocketing as far yeah. as, you know, you would see, you know, all of the princesses and Belle would always be in her ball gown. But, you know, you think about it. And when, you know, when you watch her movie, she's only in that ball gown for maybe two minutes. That's and a good point. She she's more identifiable, you would think, in her blue dress. And, you know, when you go through the character training, that's like her blue jeans. Like she loves wearing the village dress because that's like what she hangs out in. And, you know, she she feels comfortable and that's her as a person. But I just say something. mm -hmm. I like the blue dress better. Same. I I don't know why. I just did. I always thought it was cuter than the yellow dress. But even though Belle would always get mistaken for Wendy or Alice. That's a good point. <laughs> that happened a lot. <laughs> That's too funny. Well, I could see how that would happen. Now, did you see the live action? I'm sure you did. The live action Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> I've got a lot of feelings. <laughs> I, I See, now, I love that. I have to tell you, I thought it was extraordinary. So. Well, okay. So here's my take. Um, I, I, I have a strong sense of character integrity about my girl, Belle. So the it was breathtakingly a beautiful film um the music was wonderful the casting was on point but you know what i honestly could not i could not buy emma watson as bell me too really well and here here's why because hermione from harry potter she's not yes i agree adam i completely agree and i think that it's what I think is, is this, okay, and this strictly is my opinion, and, you know, but Belle is, to me, she's more giddy about the written word. She's kind of like a literary fangirl, and she she loves books because of where they can take her. She can find adventure when she normally couldn't get it, and the way that Emma portrayed her was almost condescending and very honestly, Adam, like Hermione-ish where, you know, it's kind of that whole, I can read and you guys can't. I am so above all of this. That's a good point. That's actually true. It was portrayed. And and so when I watched it, the, the time when I really felt the strongest vibe 
of Belle from her was when Beast gave her the library and he kind of walked away and she had a moment to herself and she just kind of squealed. And I'm like, this is what we needed to see. Like, you know, she she's excited because she gets all these books and, you know, she doesn't have to be, you know, you know, dippy or silly, but she she she's excited about it and you know she she wants to welcome people into that wonderful world of 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 stories and and those adventures that they can bring and i just could not get now the rest of the cast was amazingly cast yeah wonderfully but yeah that and i would have liked to have seen a little bit less cg with beast they could not they did a lot of that motion capture and it just looked a little hokey in some places mm-hmm. where I'm like, y'all could have like done some prosthetics and like covered yeah. it up with CG. Like you like could the Broadway have... play. Exactly. Where it doesn't they have to it. be super hokey, but it, it could have been done. But overall, I thought it was really good, but it will never, ever be the original. Speaking of Hermione, <laughs> I do have a question. Did anybody ever ask Belle any non-Disney canon questions, and how did Belle have to deal with that? That's an amazing question. Um, and really, like Harry Potter or something like that. Well, here's the thing. Um, it really depends on the character that's being asked that question. So, you know, maybe Cinderella might not know, but Belle is a very well-read young woman, Ooh. and she may have, they may have a copy of Harry Potter in Beast's library. That's a lot of books in there. So, Belle could easily have said, you know, I've read that. And, you know, and usually Belle, Belle can, can, or at least, you know, when I knew Belle, I could kind of figure out a way for Belle to extrapolate some off-canon information in, into, um, into something that was, you know, literary. You know, if there was something, you know, like if you see someone with a Harry Potter shirt on, you know, they might, she might not make a comment about it. But if someone says, you know, do you like reading that? Because Belle likes to know what people like to read. So if, you know, if she's getting book recommendations from all these guests, maybe she's going to ask Beast, like, hey, can we get a copy of this in the library? Yeah. So, um, I, that was actually yeah. the year that um, the Twilight series came out. Okay. When, uh, or, you know, the last of the Twilight series. So it was a hoot, guys, to be in the break room and see all of the bells just reading Twilight. Oh, how funny. <laughs> so it was it was funny. But but Belle, she likes to read. So she could she could say, you know, I've read about this. I've read about this place. You know, when people say that I'm from Georgia. Oh, I've read about Georgia in this book called Gone with the Wind. Have you heard of it? And, oh. you know, and so at least that's how I tackled that. But that's a it, good question. And the Twilight, the girl character's name is Bella, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. I'm sure. Don't act like you don't up. know. I didn't. Well, honestly, I, I never, I never read those or watched them. But um, I, I, I brought this up because we were visiting the fairy godmother and my mother started singing. This was like 10 years ago. One of the songs from the Rodgers and Hammerstein's version of Cinderella, um, which is not Disney canon. So when she's singing the song, she's like, can't you sing along with me? And I'm like, Ma, they don't. This isn't the same story. You got to. She doesn't know it. Well, did she, though? Like, did she? No, she of- looked like her like like she had eight heads. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she said it nicely, of course. 
But I guess it depends on the character performer too. I'm sure you could find a way, especially the fairy godmother's magic. She she might know. She might have traveled to different universes and kind of gotten the feel for that. So you could have made it work, but you don't have to. And the other thing I wanted to ask was, did were you able to go on a ride with kids? Like on the, the only time, the only time I was able to do it, and honestly, I don't think we were, or later on, I don't think we were supposed to because it's a liability thing. Um, was you know when I did give kids the world. And there was a carousel there. And, you know, there were there was a family and there were these two sweet little girls and they asked me to ride the carousel. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Say no. <laughs> it's right here. And I'm like, I want to go on it. Um, but since Belle's not usually by any of those and the princesses and face characters usually aren't nearby. I know like Alice and the Mad Hatter, I think even at one time, if not now, sometimes they can be seen you know, on the mad, the mad tea party, but I don't think that's an ongoing thing. And I think sometimes it's a, it, like from a company standpoint, it might be a liability thing where, you know, if there's an injury sustained while you're at work and on the clock, it could be a whole thing. So. Yeah. Cause at Disneyland in February, bell beast took, uh, it was obviously set up prior to on the carousel, a ch- young child and, and um, it was obviously set up, though, because they had, you know, people there and everything to happen. But Like a magical moment, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was just wondering then if you had, you know, if that got set up, but it sounds like not, maybe that's not the case. Maybe maybe world is different than land because there's different. I think you know, so. And traditions. honestly, land, you have a lot of more roaming characters. Yeah. You, you know, you have a lot. And I think it's just the culture of Disneyland where you have it's it's more of a locals park out there in California. Whereas Walt Disney world, you have a lot more international guests. You have people from all over the country. It's more of a big family vacation that you come from far away. And I've been to both. And I actually, I love that Disneyland has more roaming, but I noticed when I was at magic kingdom a few weeks ago, there were a couple of roaming characters. Um, Chip and Dale were roaming out in Frontierland. Mary Poppins was roaming around the end of Main Street USA and just kind of doing a lap around the area. And she would stop, but she didn't stay put. She would kind of keep walking once she'd visited with someone. So it's interesting um, that you said that because I noticed that too lately. Like in the last few months, I feel like they're introducing more kind of roaming. I mean, they obviously have a, a handler, but... You know, they're kind of out and about a little more, which is fun, I think. And I it, like it better, yeah. Yeah, same same perception of Disneyland as sort of a more local park. Disney World, there's more intensity, kind of, you know, people want to get the most out of that vacation. They plan for it for years. So I agree 100%. Um, but it is fun. And I don't know if you've been into Galaxy's Edge yet, but it, they have... Um, the characters I see in there seem to be more little kind of, you know, you'll see Ray kind of walking around, which is kind oh, of fun for people. I love it. I yeah. have not yet been, but I hope to maybe go, maybe with my husband, um, we're thinking about going for our anniversary, just grownups, oh, thinking about going a, a few months, and that would be so much better. <laughs> yeah. It's hard yeah. with kids. We have a lot of shows about that, and we agree mm-hmm. with you. It's Try true. it on your own. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> So, well, do you guys have any more questions? Jackie, do you have any more comments? Um, no, I'm just, you know, it, it's, it was obviously such a magical time and 
I will never not talk about it if given the chance. Oh, we loved it. So I did have one more real quick. Oh, go ahead. Go for it. Favorite spot to do a meet and greet. Oh, yes, for sure. So um, this is going to be surprising, but um, at least when I worked there, there was an option. So there, there is a role in a, on a schedule, rather, that you could be what they consider a spare. So if something that you are able to do, like, you know, whether it's, you know, hanging out with Pluto or hanging out with Belle, and you show up for work, you're basically the substitute for that if someone calls out. And at Epcot, there was a spare shift for the bell role where, you know, if, you know, someone needed help with breakfast bell or something like that, you would step in. But if you didn't need to help anybody, you could either, you know, release your shift early or you could just show up in the hallway outside of character spot and just surprise people and just roam. And so, um, during those times I would, you know, I would pull the village costume and Belle would go out and write, I mean, of course, character spot is now defunct, sadly. Um, but when you would exit character spot, you were out, you kind of dumped out into this hallway that was kind of leading out of, it was just this big hallway where there was a restroom. It would like, you know, one direction would lead you toward the land and the other one would lead you toward the fountains and club cool and all that. And when people would leave, it would be like, Oh, surprise bells here. (laughs) And there usually wasn't a photo pass. There wasn't a character attendant and you could just kind of hang out and, and make people's day. And one time I was doing that shift and Jasmine was with Belle and that was a fun treat for guests because you know you you never see them together and you know we just happened to be visiting together and you know just two princesses hanging out and so that was that was a lot of fun and it was fun because it was unexpected you kind of controlled your set you know nobody was out there you know expecting anything but that made it all the more magical did you ever have any celebrity guests Oh, I wish. Good <laughs> question. No, no, Chris Evans. I hear he's in the park all the time. Oh my god. Well, well you know, because Avengers wasn't a thing. You know, yeah, that's true. Ago. I mean, Maybe I, you I had that, like Bill Nye the Science Guy, or <laughs> no, that would have been so <laughs> great. Been Twenty we, years ago. Ellen. Now, now, when I was not, when I was not on the clock, the only time I ever saw anybody famous, I was visiting Magic Kingdom with just with some friends as a guest. And we're walking down Main Street. And this is like right when I first moved there. And I looked across Main Street USA and I'm like, oh, that's Joey Fatone. Oh, how funny. <laughs> and they, and they, like, and some, yes. of these, some of my friends that were there were, you know, they had been there for a couple of months and they just kind of brushed it off like, he's always here. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say that. Like, isn't he one of the ones that are always in the park? Oh, yeah. He's there. And he does a lot of stuff. Um, my my sister used to be a cast member um, as well in a diff- in the resorts, um, working like the actual business side of resorts. And he did, I think he did a couple of, um, you know, cast education things for them and like special events for them as well, which was really cool. Um, I never met anybody. Um not that I was aware of. Um, and usually you kind of know, cause like, you know, the guest relations people, the plaid will come out and right. you'll, you'll see people. But I was working 
in Magic Kingdom the day that they were filming the Christmas parade and I didn't see anybody. But, you know, I'm asking guests, you know, well, what have you done with your day? What sort of adventures did you go on? And, you know, these kids would very like blase, like, oh, we saw Miley Cyrus perform earlier. And I was like, what? Really? (laughs) (laughs) But um, other than that, no, I, I wish I had. I've had a couple of friends that have actually, you know, I, I've seen Belle meet Paige O'Hara, the voice of Belle, and I've seen those beautiful pictures, and I've never had that moment, but oh my gosh, like for Jody Benson to meet Ariel, you know, those kinds of things must have been just, I would have been a hot mess, so it's probably just as well. <laughs> Joey Fatone was recently there, and he got on stage with 98 Degrees, what? and they performed in sync songs. At the, Epcot, yeah, at, at Epcot, Epcot. Food and wine. Okay, food and wine. that's too funny. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a I good think he's guy. There a lot. Yeah, I what think I think he's. I mean, Insync, but all those boy bands started in Orlando for the most part. Anyway, he did. yeah. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's there. And I know he has a hot dog uh, restaurant in one of the malls down there. It's like oh, yeah, fat ones. Yeah, fat ones. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, hot dogs. If you're interested. It's like the Mall of Millennia, I think it is. Yeah. But, uh, Joey Fatone. Go check him out. I have one last question. Did you ever go out of character? It's <gasps> um, <laughs> a good one. Well, no. Um, and, you know, even though, you know, you would have guests that would... Honestly, you know, I don't know if it's just because I got lucky or what, but... You didn't have, I I did not experience a lot of guests, like, for example, male guests that would get a little chummy with Ah, the princesses. I've heard about that. Yeah. But honestly, you would probably run into that more like with Ariel and with Jasmine, um, or at least Jasmine before her costume change um, for, you know. Well, and Belle kind of looks like she would not put up with that. Like, I would think she wouldn't. Yes, I have to agree with you. She wouldn't. I mean, she didn't put up with Gaston making overtures. She would not put up with, um, you know, someone's dad trying to do it. So I, I I've remember always maintained she should have at least gone out with them a couple times. But you know, that's maybe just, she did, though. You don't know. Maybe, maybe they went to point. the tavern because, like, you know, he goes, <laughs> you know, let's go to the tavern and look at my trophies, and she's like, mm, yeah, we've done that. <laughs> We're not doing it anymore. Good point. <laughs> but one time, um. You know, it was, you know, like we, we tend to have ways of, you know, instead of like when especially adult male guests would pose with the princesses, we would get them to like, you know, pose. We say, well, let me take your arm. You know, we got to maintain a sense of propriety here. Like you're not going to like grab me by the waist and that kind of thing. Um, and one time there was a um, a family that was there and there was a dad that was he wasn't. You know, he wasn't being inappropriate, but he was just, he was kind of full of himself, a little Gastoni. And it was so funny because, you know, he's going up for his picture and he's like, all right, I'll get my picture with a princess. And I decided to knock him down a couple of pigs. And so Belle looks at him and she goes, you remind me so much of my papa. And, you know, you could kind of see his ego deflate a little bit. (laughs) And because he had little girls, like, he knew the movie. And he said something along the lines of, oh, come on, I'm not crazy, old Maurice. And, of course, Belle's going to lash out (laughs) if somebody calls her dad crazy. (laughs) So, 
So I was like, my father is not crazy. He's a genius. He's a great inventor. He's going to win first prize at the fair and, you know, all this other stuff. And, you know, he laughed it off and we all had a good laugh and it was great. But, um, you know, I didn't have many bad experiences like that. I did have um, a group of my friends, same friends that introduced me to David, my husband, that the second time they came to see me, they were going to get me to laugh. And, you know, obviously they, they did something where they, it was like with a Nickelback song and they, they totally surprised me with it when they came up to me and did this and they knew it was going to make me laugh. And I lost it laughing for a good 30 seconds, <laughs> but you know, it wasn't bad cause you know, I'm laughing, but thankfully I had a really great character attendant who kind of like read the room and we were out in France at the France pavilion and he just kind of like created a little diversion. (laughs) I kind of got my giggles out of my system. Too funny. Oh, I do have one more anecdote. um, Okay. Which is, it's my favorite, my, my favorite story when I was working there. So, um, he's not out in France anymore. In fact, I think the only place you can find him is either in the parades or at Be Our Guest, but Beast used to do appearances with Belle in the France Pavilion. And my favorite story when I was working there, you know, Belle would be out there for a few minutes and then Beast would come out. And sometimes the little kids would be a little nervous because, you know, Beast is enormous and he's a beast. But, you know, Belle would bridge the gap and, you know, assure them, you know, listen, he's a prince in disguise. He just wanted to be a, pr- a beast today to show everyone what it's like to be loved on the inside. And, you know, beast would always be super sweet and gracious. And, um, a friend of mine was helping out with beast that day and he, he's a hoot. Um, and he was always super animated. And, uh, there was a guest that a little girl, um, and she actually brought beast a present. And she said, well, you know, this is actually because, you know, you ex- you kind of assume like, oh, this is for the princesses. You're bringing these goodies for the prince. She goes, no, this is for the beast because I'm not afraid of him and he's really nice. And so she was being just so pure and so sweet. And so when the beast came out, I was like, can you wait right here? I want you to meet him first. So beast came out and this little girl gave him a little gift and it might have been a little flower or something like that. And he was so moved and Beast is just looking around. And so when you're in the France Pavilion doing the meet and greet, you're right there along the along the lake. But there's a little flower bed right alongside the fence. And Beast is looking around like, you know, I want to do something nice for you because you've been so sweet. And so Beast turns around towards the Disney owned and operated and maintained flower beds grabs a whole bunch of flowers and just yanks them out of the flower bed. <laughs> and they're like, there's like dirt hanging off the roots. And he just kind of thrusts the flowers at the little girl, very clumsy, but sweet, just like beast would. And she took them and it was perfect. So that's probably my favorite memory. Cause I was like, beast, we're going to get in so much trouble. And we didn't like, it was perfect. And it was magical. <laughs> that's adorable. I love so that. Cute. That's so cute. Well, and everyone likes meeting the beast and they like meeting Gaston because you don't see the beast a lot. So that's kind no. of fun. And I so. wish Gaston were out more. He never was out when I was there. And I would have given anything to do a set 
with Bella yeah. on together. Could you imagine the banter? <laughs> well, <laughs> and they do that now. You do see him a lot, and he's fantastic. He really he's is. I mean, wonderful. Like, yeah, I mean, like probably the highlight, one of the highlights of character meet and greets anywhere on property. So everybody, everybody loves that. So. I want to thank you so much for joining us. We had a great time and we could ask questions all night long because the stories are fantastic. So thank you so much. My pleasure. And thank you. Yes. Thanks, Jackie. Yeah. Thank, thank you. And, um, and if you like us, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us all over the internet and we'd love to chat with you about Disney on our private Facebook group, the mouse and more podcast. And if you're planning a trip, check us out, MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com. We'd love to help you with that as well. Good night, everyone. Bye. Good night. Bye.